Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to Hill City Church. We're so glad that you're here today. If you're new with us, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, today is um, kind of a different kind of day. We're doing things a little bit different than we normally do, it, but that's okay because all we're worried about today is just finding God, just finding Jesus today. Um, today we are uh, acknowledging and and remembering, you know, um, today is a day of mourning and remembrance, but also today is a day of celebration and life. And today, as a church, we're coming together to celebrate doing life. We're starting up, we're kicking out new life groups. And so today, as we remember, we also want to celebrate. And we're going to do things a little bit different today. It might not look like a normal church service that we normally do, but that's okay. The Bible uh, says in Acts that when the people gathered together, the Holy Spirit joined them, and it was like a rushing wind. And that's all that we want. All we want is for God to join us today. So however you find God today, if you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to walk around this room, whatever you want to do to find Him today, we encourage you to do that. And we are just so thankful and grateful that you're here today. So um, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to get started. God, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for a time of of remembrance, God, but also for a time of renewal and refreshing and starting again. God, when we get knocked down and we feel like we have nowhere else to go, that is when you find us, God. That's when you pull us out of that miry clay, God, out of the, the, the muck, God. As your word says, there's nothing that can hold us back. There's nothing that can hold us down from what you have for us today, God. So I pray that we would just set aside all hindrances in our mind, God, the things that can distract us from you. And just let us spend this time with you, God. We came to meet you. So meet us here today, Lord God. Let us find you in a brand new way. We invite you into this time. We love you and we worship you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Your love, your love, surround. 
overflow. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love. Your
church. We're going to sing one more song, um, but I just wanted to, um, we want to take a, a moment just acknowledge what today is uh, of 9-11. Um, my kids have no idea what that is. <laughs> you guys have kids. I was trying to, Megan and I were trying to explain to them this morning, and my wife, uh, my daughter's a very um, expressive person. Her mouth is just wide open, like, you know, this happened. And, um, you know, it's just uh, everyone can remember. Um, if you're if you're an older generation, you're around with JMK. You remember when JFK was assassinated? Um, I wasn't there. My parents, I was there. 9/11 was our JFK moment, right? Everybody remembers the exact moment, right? It's indelible, which means it's just imprinted in you. You can't forget it. It's like everybody in a moment can say, "I know exactly where I was." Um, and just trying to explain that to our children, and you can't. You can't put it in words, right? You're like, well, some buildings fell down, and well, that's really sad. But we all know, like, what that did to each of us. Fear, anger, uh, just distrust. I mean, whatever the emotion was that came out, it was raw. And I just know um, that uh, a quick story, um, and we're going to pray, and, and we're not going to pray right now. We're going to do this last song just sort of in remembrance of that moment, um, of remembering our fellow Americans, our fellow 
uh, not just Americans, but so many people died on that day. Um, but I had a, a co a, a customer I used to work for uh, that used to I used to work for them. They were hard. They were in New Jersey, and I remember just this person. I was like, "Man, you're from East Coast." It's like East Coast. It's hard to work with some of those people. Sorry if you're from the East Coast. I'm not. Uh, it's not it's a very broad statement. But I remember talking to this person, and, and it was, she was so hard to work with. And I was like, man, every time I get on the phone, I'm like, all right, Jackie's on the phone. This is her name. And it was just like, am I going to come out of this one alive? <laughs> or am I going to be like, how many times am I going to apologize for the mistakes that we made? And um, so I just, I, I talked with her, and I got to know her better. And I found out later that she had lost her fiance on 9-11 in one of the buildings. She was married to a man, or uh, sorry, engaged to a man, and she had lost her, her husband in that moment. And for her, for us, it was very, I was very disconnected for me because I didn't lose anybody. I didn't lose anybody specifically. But I remember just hearing that story and thinking, man, think about the impact that had in her life, you know, and why maybe she, the things that she was. And when you, um, my point is when you don't know people's story a lot of times. There were so many stories on that day that were lost. And, um, there's, or their stories were lost, or, or their story, the people they lost people, or their story was forever changed. Um, and so I want us to just, I want to pray real quick. Um, and then as we sing this last song, um, it's to worship you I live, right? And to worship you I live. And we are alive today. We have a chance to be in this room and worship God with everything we have. And I just challenge you guys in this moment. We are alive, we have a voice, we can stand, we can breathe, we can see for most of us, and let's not lose that, amen? And I'm not, I don't want to exploit 9-11, but in this moment, we have one life to live. John was challenging us this in our group this morning, that in this moment, as we remember 9-11, remember that, that God makes things new, amen, Phil? That when we, that the Bible talks about this, about making life new and be born again. And in this moment right now, I just want us to remember 9-11, remember that moment, remember that day, and turn it into worship to God. Not celebrating the loss or the travesty or anything that happened that day, but celebrating that we have an opportunity to serve God, to worship God this morning, all right? So I'm gonna pray and then Jen, just lead us in this last song. God, I thank you for this morning, September 11th, 2016, 15 years later. It seems so crazy that it's been so long. And God, I just, I worship you right now, God. Lord, in this place, that your presence would be acknowledged. Your presence is already here. God, you are everywhere. And God, we just acknowledge your presence in this, in this church this morning. And in this moment, God, we remember what happened that day, Father. And we, we don't know the reasons we can't possibly fathom and try to construct in our thoughts of why that, why that event occurred. But God, in this moment, God, we decide to stand today and worship you, God, creator, God, and our Savior this morning be in this place God we worship you with everything we have right now church I just rise up right now and just begin to worship begin in your own heart it doesn't have to be your hands flailing everywhere but God we worship you this morning God be big in this place God Lord to worship you is why we live I live to worship you amen Thank you. 
me to worship you I
the voices sing. we thank you for life. God, we thank you for your son, Lord, and to be in this place today again, God, we exalt thee, which means we lift you up, God. You are on the throne, God. May the name of God and Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, God, be raised up in this place today, Father. Lord, be with us the rest of this service, God. I pray for Pastor John and everybody else that speaks today, God. Lord, that their words would be fluid, God. They'd be led by your spirit, God, and that we'd be changed today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Give God a hand. Man, you guys can be seated. You know, half of you were already seated, so that's good. Everyone tired? How about them Broncos? Chase? Let's go Vikes? Yeah, okay. You can tell he's a little bit uh, a little bit obsessive. He's got his ridge, their new baby, already adorned in Vikings purple. It's kind of pathetic, actually. Just kidding. Just kidding. Poor thing. Bridgewater's hurt. Anyway. Um, why don't you guys come forward? I know, I'm sorry, man. They're, actually, I, I, I got some love for the Vikings. My stepdad's from Minnesota, so we kind of grew up with some Vikings. All right. Come forward, ushers, beautiful usher men. Um, I'm going to pray, and we're going to keep going. We got some exciting things. Julie Mitchell's going to come up and uh, get ready for uh, ex some exciting things about groups today and, and the rest of the service. So um, I'm going to pray, and then Julie can come up right after that. Um, we'll go from there. God, thank you for this day. God, thank you for... Um, the Broncos. No, I'm just kidding. I, I thank you, God, for um, the ability that we get to give to you, Father, and that um, I pray as we as a church, Father, that we would uh, not just model generosity, God, and that's, that's something we say and that's something that we do, God, but that we would indeed be generous for our generation, for our kids, for our family, for our community, God, that we would give of our time and our talents, God, and even our money. And so, God, we pray your blessing upon this place, Father. You've, you've already proven that um, even in the infancy of this new thing called Hill City Church. And we're so grateful for that. So we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody welcome Julie Mitchell. Hello. Um, welcome. Today is going to be our launch for the groups. And um, I don't know if you guys know what groups are here. Um, Anthony can start the slideshow. Um, I give you guys full permission to divide your attention to me talking to the screen um, because it's really hard for me to tell you what groups are. Um, groups is something you just have to experience for yourself. Um, groups are not just sitting around in a circle. Um, groups are birthday parties, they're graduations, they're weddings. It's doing life with the people in this room. Um, we like to say that the heart of our church is outside of these walls. We like to come together on a Sunday morning. 
we really like to worship together. Um, but the real living happens in these moments. And um, <laughs> I actually got teary-eyed making this slideshow because I just, it was so beautiful to have all of these memories with these great people. And I love that our children are in so many of these pictures. Um, because really joining a group is not just for you, it's for your entire family. It's so that your kids have good friends from their church. It's so that they can go on hiking trips and backpacking trips and doing all of this great stuff with family. Um, and so I just hope you guys see this. I hope that this inspires you. Um, this is not just for the people in this picture. This is for every single person in this room. And um, I really hope that you don't see this and say, oh, that, that's for them, those people. We want you to be these people. And that next year, all the slides have your beautiful picture in it that I pulled off Facebook without anybody's permission. So uh, just FYI, I'm sorry, I got no permission for any of that. Um, so anyways, like I said, I can't just tell you about life groups. You really have to experience life groups. And I love this because it just shows people going through life together. Um, we have one more, one more down. Um, and so instead of me just spending 15 minutes talking about groups, um, we want to first of all invite you guys to Mike and Dee's house tonight. Um, the Beelmans have a gorgeous, huge house. Take your kids. Your kids will think they're going to Disneyland. My kids have been talking about when they get to go to Mike and Dee's for days. So bring your kids. We're going to have free food. So think about that, moms. If you're a mom in here, you don't have to make dinner. Just put your kids in the car and come. Um, we're going to meet at 5 o'clock. We're having Mexican food, which is always amazing. And we're going to just have all the life group leaders there. Um, the life group leaders are wearing our Hill City shirts um, today. So. If you wore your Hill City shirt and you're not a leader, people will be asking you about life groups, and that's okay. Just direct them to the table. Um, after the um, service, we're going to be having sign-ups if you can't make it to the Mike and D's. But we really want you guys to come to Mike and D's house. Um, all the life group leaders will be sharing about the life groups that they're leading. Um, and this year, we're so blessed. We have 14 life groups which is awesome. We've never had that many before in the inception of our church. So it's very exciting. And I don't want you to think they probably don't understand my situation because every single group, you will be able to find one that fits you. If you're a single mom, come to the group for ladies. If you're a family and you want your kids to be there, bring your children, there's family life groups. If you have a special interest in apologetics, we have a group for that. If you want to get out of debt, we have an amazing group for that. Um, we're really blessed because honestly, a couple months ago, um, we only had a handful of life groups and I was starting to get nervous. I was like, oh geez, we're not gonna have enough for the people in this room. And God always provides, and I'm learning that lesson every day. And God provided, um, people started coming out of nowhere saying, I want to lead a group. Um, I want to lead two groups. So now we have 14. So I know there is a group for every single person here. So that's what this brochure is. It's got the information. Um, it's got the days, the times, and those people are all here today. So make sure that you connect with them after the service. And um, yeah, I just really hope that, that these pictures sort of inspire you. Like this is living. And I don't know how many of you guys grew up in this kind of environment. Um, I certainly did not. My parents, um, 
My dad was a police officer and our home was like sacred ground for just our family and he never invited anybody over. And so I didn't have a life like this. Um, we didn't have any family friends actually. And so I remember when Mark and I had our firstborn, we're like, we want a different life for our kids. And um, when I look at these pictures, and, and I know they're a little heavy on the Mitchell family because a lot of them came out of my computer, um, you know, like, that's, that's the life I've always wanted for my kids, and I want that life for you guys. It's not just about one or two families. It's for every single family here. So I just really hope that you guys will come out today. It's going to be a lot of fun, and the leaders are very passionate about leading your groups this year. Um, I couldn't have asked for just a better group of women and men who are really stepping it up and leading today. Um, and I have a privilege of asking two people or two couples who are willing to speak to you because goodness knows I don't enjoy public speaking, hence my multimedia approach. Um, so I have two couples that are going to come up and they're going to just share with you guys about how life groups impacted them. And I want you to give them a lot of grace because I know this was this is nerve-wracking for them. They're not like, you know, paid public speakers. So this is very nervous nerve-wracking for them, but I'm so proud. And the the fact that they were just even willing to do this shows me like that they are really passionate about being a part of a life group, and I'm so thankful for them. So I'm going to welcome Freddie and Natalie V Hill, and they're just going to share for a minute. You can keep the slideshow on. <laughs> Play it again. This way all the attention is not on me. There. Um, like I said, I'm Fred V. Hill. It's my wife, Natalie. Oh. I'm not very good at this. You can tell. Spotlight's on me. Anyway, so we kind of prepared a little presentation for you guys. Well, not really a presentation, but kind of a, some of our thoughts that we had. So bear with me as I read off this Apple device. Um, good morning. I'm, I'm Natalie. It's Freddie. <laughs> uh, this morning we had the honor to speak to you guys about life group and our personal experience. Uh, standing up here, we see many of you um, who have been or are current disciples to us um, and who have helped our family grow in our faith. And for that, we're all eternally grateful and thank you all. Uh, we've been together we've been married for over 14 years and together for close to 19. the majority of that time we lived in denver uh, both our parents and siblings lived down south in pueblo so most of our time was spent alone with just us and our children uh, during that time there are many good times and we all know how to handle good times it's easy life is good life is great um, but there are rough times as well and though natalie and i knew we loved and cared about each other and we wanted to follow God. We weren't sure how to put it all together, and being alone didn't help. Now, there were arguments, um, crises we had, um, which we kind of just left to go away on their own. And over time they would, but it was never really helpful with um, help, helping to heal the process and just, you know, I guess, you know, deal with it. But we didn't really have a forum at that time where we were comfortable enough to talk about our issues and, and seek help. But that all changed a few years ago. When Natalie was invited to join the marriage group by Bobby and Christina that was being hosted at Ricardo and Monica's house. Um, participating in, in the marriage life group started us on a journey where we were able to meet a wonderful group of people 
and in many ways become a family that we can share our experiences with. As a life group, we challenge each other, we comfort each other, and celebrate together. I thank God we no longer have to do life alone. Uh, it makes our faith dynamic and is helping us grow towards Christ and as well reach out and be Christ-like. Um, Life Group has just taught us right now with our current group of how to put God first in our marriage. Um, putting God first in our marriage continues to fall down to our family. Um, we've been blessed to meet these wonderful people who we now call our Christian family. They're amazing. They, we stand in prayer. We have prayer trains every week, um, even if it's just like, hey, I'm just struggling with the day or the week. Um, we just are eternally grateful for everybody. We encourage everybody to participate in a group. It's something that you can join, you meet people, and then you can move to another group and possibly meet some different people. Um, what we have is basically the life group that has provided us just understanding and how placing God um, first just comes, comes as a second hand when you have people who are encouraging you. Um, we personally know how intimidating it can be to join a group of unfamiliar people in a new setting. It would make people feel vulnerable. But we can honestly say we can turn out to be the best thing that you do for you and your family. It is common that we hear people say we've lost friends, um, we feel judged because of our current walk in faith. This has happened to us as well. But by participating in a life group, we have found support and encouragement while seeking the Lord. Matthew 18, 12 reads, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with you. We personally can't think of a better way to spend time than with another, with one another in the presence of our Lord and Father. Pastor John and Candace expressed that life is so much better together and was never intended to be done alone. We couldn't agree more. Um, excuse me. The mission of our church is encountering Jesus and making disciples. When you make the decision to become a member of a Hill City Life group, you're guaranteed to encounter Christ while sharing your life with amazing people, couples, and their family. The world is filled with so many people <clears throat> excuse me, who have different ideas, knowledge, and gifts, and they become more apparent and appreciated in a group setting while seeking the Lord and Word. Together, the people of this beautiful church can be so much more, do so much more, and reach so much more by doing it together. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to try not to cry today. Woo, okay. Um, thank you so much. They are just the sweetest couple. I'm so proud of them because I know that took a lot to come up here and do that. Um, we have one more couple, which is Zach and Lacey Brown. Good morning. How's it going? Um, Um, when, uh, we first came to, uh, Hill City, yeah, sorry, had to figure out, so, uh, we first came and I was kind of shattered and broken, I just got into a, I got ran over by a semi-truck, and I got s scars to prove it, but it's no big deal, and I was kind of nervous about going to church because I didn't really know what kind of church it was going to, I mean, I didn't know if it was going to be a cult or anything like that. So I was like in the door for the service and I was out the door basically. That was my mindset. I was like, all right, cool. We went good and I'm out. So um, that's basically how it got started. And then uh, 
Let's see here. Um, we were told that we need to go find a, a group, a group of friends, because we didn't really have any friends because I worked in the oil field, so that was pretty much my life. And my friends were at work up in North Dakota, so. Did I say that right? North Dakota. And uh, that was pretty much all my life for like about five years. That's all I did. And um, we went and found groups, and we were part of. Um, we went to Paradigm, and then the Marriage Group, which is amazing. We went to Urban Outreach, and uh, we went to FPU, which totally transformed our life. We totally uh, got out of debt, so, oh yeah, Chase, I'm talking to you. And so, uh, we, uh, we found friends through that, and we got plugged in, and we found out where God wants us. A life group definitely gave, gave us purpose in life of what we want to do, so that is cool. So I'm going to talk a little bit specifically about Financial Peace University. Um, so many of you have probably heard of Dave Ramsey and uh, Financial Peace University. It's what Heidi and Franco teach. Um, so our kind of quick story is that um, my mom had went through the class. She sent us the auto audio book. We were like, oh, cool, financial stuff, whatever. We just threw it in the basement. And then at some point, we must have come across it and decided to listen to it. At this time, Zach was still in the oil field. And um, we were like, wow, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about. Maybe we should do some of this. So um, at that time, we weren't married, so we were kind of just doing it independently. And Zach decided to save an emergency fund and just start kind of stockpiling money. Little did we know that eight months later he'd be in a terrible car accident, coma for weeks, in the hospital for three months. Um, it's something we never could have imagined, but if he didn't have that emergency fund, I wouldn't have been able to quit my job, spend time every day at the hospital with him. Um, for six months, I was out of work just making sure that he was okay. He wasn't allowed to be able to be left alone because we just weren't sure kind of what his abilities were. Um, so I was able to have that opportunity and that's just something I'm so grateful for. Um, that said, we totally forgot about Dave Ramsey. We said, meh, whatever. <laughs> uh, lived on our life and um, I was making like next to nothing. I eventually started to just get a part-time job and um, at that point we were really worried. We weren't sure, how are we going to pay the mortgage? Like we're used to oil field and me working and we just started to have a lot of anxieties and weren't sure how to handle any bills or anything. Um, and so we refound the tape, listened to it again, <laughs> the, uh, his book, and then um, the next day Heidi posted something that our church was going to host the class. And so we signed up immediately and wrote all about it. Um, and so we have just been totally blessed through that opportunity. We made great friends. Um, I think we, we've paid off debt. We're going to be debt-free in a few months. Um, Woohoo! <laughs> and I think, you know, it sounds, it sounds silly, but I didn't realize I was carrying around a lot of anxiety about debt. Um, I, I just always assumed it was normal. And so once we kind of got control of our money, started budgeting, and started having a real understanding of where our money was going, um, I feel like I was just, I have a lot more peace due to the fact that I know where the money is going. So that's been a huge blessing um, and the big thing for us is that it's given us a vision for our future and um, we kind of have an idea of, of what we want to do and be able to be really generous in the future it's not about just accumulating wealth for us but to be able to help the world so we're excited about that 
Um, and then just, I want to just challenge you guys. I mean, think about if we could all be true stewards of our money um, in our in this church, how much of an impact we could have on Thornton. So if you're interested or want to get control of your money, um, it makes a big impact on your whole life. And I would just highly encourage you talk to Heidi and Franco and sign up. So thank you guys. Thank you guys. So in other words, go to group, like go. Even if you don't want to go, just go. I challenge you. I double-dog dare you to go. Um, if this is uh, your first time or your guest here, my name is John. And uh, just so grateful for these guys more than anything. That You know what? That God is changing lives. That we are getting into groups not because it's just a good idea, but because we need them. We need people in our lives. All of us. There's moments in our lives that we need to get vulnerable. Moments in our lives that we will be shaken. I'm telling you, you will be shaken. That's just, that's what life does. And in those moments, I want you to have people that you can call to, lean on. Even today, I, I don't know if Mandy and Brian are here, but we got to bless them yesterday because uh, Brian's uh, grandmother passed away yesterday. And so we got to be there for them. We provided them just with food and just love just to tell them. They're like, don't do it. Don't come out here. Don't, you know, don't, don't take care of us. But we're, we, when, you're, when you love someone, you do. You do. You go out of your way to take care of people. And it's just a part of life. And so get into group. Today, you guys are all invited at 5 o'clock at Mike and D's. It's going to be a big group's party. So don't miss the party, all right? Don't miss the party. We're going to go right into this. I know we have just a little bit of time. But I just want to just continue on our series, Meet Jesus. Today, we're, it's called Look Again. Say, look again. Look again. Heavenly Father, just help us look again today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We started this series because we wanted you guys to get reacquainted uh, with, with Jesus, to get to know him better. Because a lot of times we know a lot about Jesus, but we forget. He becomes, instead of a Jesus transforming our lives, if we live in this culture long enough, if we just do church long enough, we begin to transform Jesus. That's what happens. And sooner or later, Jesus becomes whoever you make him out to be. And this Jesus cannot change you, heal you, lead you, because this Jesus is you. We're like, oh, Jesus doesn't really want to talk to me about stewardship or Jesus doesn't really want to talk to me about my merits. That's, that's separate. We talked about that a little bit last week, how about, about how we do spiritual life and real life, you know? And uh, if you would go up to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, how's your spiritual life? He would ask you, you mean my real life? My real life? There is no distinction between spiritual life and real life. Your spiritual life is your real life. The fruits that uh, is coming out of your real life is, is in your spiritual life as well. So we were going into that. We talked about Jesus going through the wilderness, how he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights uh, after this big moment of baptism. Right after baptism, guess what happens? Like heavens rip open. The father says, this is my son whom I love. The spirit descends on Jesus. It is like party time. It is going so well. And right in that moment, it says in the next verse, in verse 12 and 13, that the spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness. And sometimes things are going so well. Things are going so great. And we think, oh, everything's going to be perfect. And then the spirit leads us into some of the darkest, hardest moments of our lives. And we say, where are you, God? But in that moment, we have discovered that what Adam could not do, because when Adam was tempted by Satan, he fell apart, and he ate from the tree, and from disobeying God from the tree, it brought death into all mankind. So Jesus, he's now tempted by Satan, and instead of eating from the tree, he gets upon the tree, and because Jesus was obedient to God in that moment, he brought life to all men. 
So it's these moments that we can miss throughout the Bible. I want us to catch them. I want us to catch them. But today we're going into uh, uh, verse 14, Mark 1, 14 and 15. We celebrate the word of God, and this is where we're picking it up. It says, now after John was arrested, this is Jesus' cousin who baptized Jesus is now arrested. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, and this is the first time Jesus speaks in Mark, so I would say it's very, very important. This is the first message that Jesus ever speaks to people, and this is what he says. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus is saying the time has come, the kingdom of God is here. He's pretty much saying the king is here. I don't know if you got that. The king is here. The king is here. I'm here. I'm here. So people are looking for this, that, and the other thing. And Jesus is trying to tell people, I'm here. The thing you're looking for is I'm right here. And today you might be uh, waiting for a perfect time to jump into a group, a perfect time to worship God, the perfect time to give your life to Christ, the perfect time to be a disciple. And we we are wanting these perfect moments of God to happen. Uh, We want a certain feeling, a certain song to be played, a certain uh, moment, and whatever your thing is. But I want you to, I, I want, don't let your expectation keep keep you from what God wants you to experience. Don't let your expectation, because we have all sorts of expectations, keep you from what God wants you to experience, from engaging God, worshiping, from prayer of faith, from a joyful surrender. Your time is here. Your time is now. Your king is here. I'm telling you, God is here. God is here. And sometimes we miss it. God wants you to move right now, and sometimes we miss it because we don't want to hear him because it's, it, it's awkward or it, 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 it costs you your surrender, right? You have to give something up. So we're like, no, nah, God, I don't want to do that. That's a little too hard. I, I, I like the way my life is. I like the way my life is. If I told you the king is here, if I told you, like, if Peyton Manning was coming into this place, man, there would be a different feeling about it. You'd come, you'd come a little hyped up. You're like, did you know that Peyton Manning's going to be at Hill City? Like, you'd be telling all your friends because you would understand someone prestigious in your eyes is coming in. But I'm telling you, someone prestigious in your heart and your eyes and your life is here. And sometimes we miss it because we're waiting for something, we're waiting for a moment, we're waiting for a feeling. I'm telling you, don't let your expectation keep you from the experience that God has for you. Amen? All right. So, and then Jesus says, repent and believe in the gospel repent and believe in the gospel who knows uh, who martin luther is not martin luther king but martin luther martin luther anyone this that cat right there look at him he uh he was the he was a monk who sparked the protestant reformation and it, and he comes out of obscurity he comes out of a monastery this guy but he knew that his time was now and he understood the king was here so in his lifetime he stood up against the church at large and that's what he's doing and if you don't know what the reformation is it's in the church history but it's in history in general martin luther speaks out against the practices of the church and how far they got away from jesus and this is when the church was an absolute power right they ruled the government they ruled everything and they were in they were uh, so far from who jesus was so he wrote 95 statements and hammered them to the wittenberg castle door telling the leaders how much they sucked Uh, pretty much that's what he did all right 
He calls out corruption, greed, politics, lies, the hypocrisy, calling people back into ownership of their faith in God. Because, because if to have faith in God, you would have to go to the priest and say, all right, I need a relationship with God. I need to confess to you. I need to give to you. And there was no, there was no direct access to God. So Martin Luther's like, this is not the Bible of Jesus Christ. This is not why the king came. So he hammered 95 theses on the door of the Wittenberg uh, castle where all the great theologians were, all the great minds of God were, and saying, we need to do things differently. And he starts out this thesis, this understanding, with the understanding of sola fide, which means justification by faith alone. It's Latin words to say faith alone. Because we used to say, oh, it's, it's, it's God plus my works, plus the priest, plus my confession, plus my giving, plus this. And, and, and Martin Luther's like, no, 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 it's by faith alone. And he wrote this, our Lord and Master Jesus Christ willed the entire life of the believer to be one of repentance. Repentance. Think about that moment. Our life is supposed to be repentance, and we make it this and that. God, our life is this, our life is that. But the beginning of our faith all starts in repentance. For the believer, the repentance is the way of life, the way of maturity, growth, and death in Christ. Mature, uh, repentance is not like having your in-laws in during Christmas and then shooing them away, all right? Repentance is like your best friend. You're going to them. You're talking to them. It's all the time. It's movement. It's a flow. It's a dance in life. And some of us, we grew up in church and we thought repentance was basically our way to keep God happy and off our back, right? All right, I, I did something bad. I better repent so I can keep God happy off my back so that we can continue to bless, that, so he can continue to bless us and answer our prayer. I guess that's what repentance is, so I can make it to heaven. And that's not it. That's not the kind of repentance. That's me-centered gospel that's so off. Repentance, because it's about you, is so wrong. Repentance is so because we acknowledge who God is and who we are. And we say, we need to close this gap. We need to understand who God is in my life. And I must repent because I love God. It is out of the joy of your heart, the depths of your heart, saying, I don't want to be far from you, God. I desire to be so close to you, so I repent. Not so you can, you can bless me because I did something wrong. That's so off. And we've been teaching that. And if you grew up in church, some of you guys were taught that. You did something bad. You better repent so God can like you again. God loves you. God so loved the world, he gave his only son, not because you were good, not because you were great, because he loves you. Sometimes we get caught off guard. We think, oh, when I'm good, God loves me. When I'm bad, no, actually God chases after those who are so far from him. When the son was far from God, he ran after him to grab a hold of him. And so I think we miss it sometimes. We have a misunderstanding of God's love for us. It does not change because of where you are. And that's why we respond in repentance because we understand how much God loves us. It's a joy to get back close to him, to get a grip of him. That's the heart of repentance. The gospel purpose of repentance is one of joy found in Jesus because he has done what we could not do. It's a joy. It's a gratitude. It's a delight. And you can see it in new Christians. New Christians get it, right? They are so excited for what God has done. You, uh, you, ever, under, you ever surround yourself with new Christians? I like being around John because he's always shouting because God has done something. 
deep in his heart. Jenna, God has done something deep in your heart. So there's a shout in you that sometimes when we've been in the, in, in the game for so long that we lose sight of. Because you understand that God delivered you, delivered your family, healed you, set you free. There's healing that took place. And you, that is a legit. It's going on right now. And so there's a hype in you. There's a passion in you. There's a joy in serving God. It's not a have to. It's a want to. It's a desire to. That is the heart of repentance. He made me clean. He set me free from addiction, depression, anger, self-focus into a new reality of God's reality that it's all been done by him. And that's how King David responded when he wrote in Psalms 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit with me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take your spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of salvation. And some of us have lost that joy. We don't have a joy of repentance. We don't have a joy of salvation. Do you remember when God saved your life? Do you remember when he loved you, filled you, transformed you, healed you, brought you into a group, brought you into family? It was such good news. And sometimes we have short-term memory of the freedoms that he brought. And we say, God, what have you done for me lately? He's like, I don't know. I've saved your soul from damnation for eternity. I have brought people around you. I have loved you when you could not be loved. I have, I have, I have brought you near to my heart. I have, I have given you every access to me. And then if, if you don't take it, that's not his thing. He wants to love you. He, wants, he doesn't want to be in ritual with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. Create in me a clean heart. Maybe, maybe for some of us, we need to repent and say, create in me a clean heart and restore right spirit. Not the wrong spirit, not the spirit of hypocrisy or religiosity, but the spirit of Christ, the spirit of who you are, the spirit of the good news that you want to give us, a restoration of that joy and salvation. See, Romans 1.16, Paul cries out, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And you can hear Paul's passion, how he pens these words. He's excited. He loves the gospel. He's not ashamed. It's his joy. It's his power. And the word gospel in the Greek means evangelion, all right? Say evangelion. It's awesome, gospel. You already get another word, right? Right away, you understand. Evangelist or evangelize. But the word gospel itself means evangelion. It's two words, uh, and it means it's uh, news that is absolutely life-transforming. It fills you with joy. That's what it means. A news that fills you with joy. And, and it's, it means it's history-making news. It's not just good news. Sometimes we just, oh, the gospel means good news. No, it's history-making. It's life-shattering, life-quaking, everything-changing news. The gospel is not a Christian word, by the way, because we think it's a Christian word. It's not. It's a historical word. If you look in Greek and Roman literature, there's, it says the gospel of Caesar Augustus or the gospel of the Battle of Marathon. And if you remember the Battle of Marathon, it was all crazy, and this guy ran a ton of miles to finally tell him the Persians are coming right and then they defeated the persians so just think of this moment uh, and and it, it, the greece was invaded by persia and the greeks won this great battle of marathon and so they sent out heralds also known as evangelists to proclaim the good news to all people to all cities saying we fought for you we have won and now you are no longer slaves to the persians you are free and that's what it means for the good news. There was something that was done for you. You are no longer slaves. You are free. That's the news of Jesus Christ. God, Jesus fought for you. You are no longer slaves. You are 
free. So in repentance, we respond with joy because something has been done on our behalf. That is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He sent a hero for us to do what we could not do, to get to God because we could not get to God, to save us, restore, him to him, restore us to himself. Nothing of our doing. Say nothing of our doing. That's when we get off, man. That's when we, we miss it. See, God's, the, the, what Jesus has done, we respond with joy, right? We, we don't do good things so God can respond to us. No, we, we, God has done it so we respond to what God has done. And if you miss that little bit, we turn into either religious people or Jesus people. That's the big difference of religion and relationship with Jesus Christ. Are we responding to God's love in relationship or were we trying to earn God's love of, of our own good doing? Let me tell you, you can't earn it. You cannot earn it. Rather respond. Respond to the call of God. That's what the Christian life is. It's a response to God calling out, heralding that it has been won. You are no longer slaves. You are free. That is the gospel response. That's why there's joy. That's why new Christians have some fire in them because they know what it means to be captured. They know what it means to live in slavery. They know what it means to live in depression and have anxiety, to be filled with fear. They know what it means. And, 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 when, and when Jesus said, repent and believe in the gospel, people might think Jesus is on the street corner. Can you imagine Jesus on the street corner? Turn or burn! Right? Can you imagine that? Like, change, repent, try harder, try to be holy. Try to be holier, and then you try hard. Try to be even holier than that. Then you try even harder. And Jesus, you're like, I'm doing the best that I can. But he's saying, and then can you imagine that sort of Jesus? But we know that this kind of change doesn't work. Have you ever tried to tell someone, stop worrying? You know what you just need to do is stop worrying. It's that easy. <laughs> right? That doesn't work, right? All you need to do is stop being greedy, man. If you stop being greedy, it's that easy. Oh, stop being selfish. Yeah, tell that to a two-year-old, right? Stop being selfish. Tell that to a 20-year-old. Stop being selfish. Oh, that works. That works. No, that sort of like yelling, saying, just stop it. Stop it, Kristen. Stop it. That does not work. Our trying harder, our being good or acting holier. Uh, where is faith in our gospel? Where is Jesus in this? Have we turned our faith into something that needs no faith at all? And have we turned church in, into a place where we don't need Jesus at all? It's just self-help, happy feelings, behavior modification, positive peer pressure. Oh, you're around enough good people, then you'll be good. No, you'll be crazy as them. If it was about a, you trying to be like John, like, God, this place would be awful, right? Because I'm not that good. We're not that together. I am in absolute need of God all the time. It's coming to a place together saying, oh, man. We're all crazy, and we all need Jesus. And when you get to that place, there's no judgment there because you know how crazy you are. How can you judge someone when you know you're crazy? I always think that's, that, that, that's why I, it's so nuts sometimes where we stand on our soapbox. Now, I believe we stand against sin and things like that. I believe you speak truth. But it, it, where is the judgment in life when you understand how far you are from God too? When you understand that, you're like, man, you have a different view. You have a different understanding how to love people. You can, and, and it turns from you can do it to something totally different because we understand we can't do it. 
when we fail, when we stumble, when we get discouraged, despondent and disappointed. You begin to, if you believe that you can do it, then I, you'll say something like, I did church and it didn't change me. I, thought, I tried my best. And I, or you'll say, I, I tried to be nice or I tried to change. It doesn't work. Just maybe we got this repentance thing all wrong. And the Greek word of repentance is the word metaneo, which literally means change your thinking. Change the way you think. Change the way you think. In church, people are wanting to change their behavior to be like Jesus, but what we need to start is change the way we think like Jesus. How do we think like Jesus? Think about life. Think about faith. When Jesus said repent, in in their culture, they would have heard, look again. Say, look again. Look again, he's saying. Look at what? Well, look at what, Jesus? Look at me again. I don't think you get it yet. Look at God again. Look at the law again. Look at life again. There's something that you're missing. You got to look again. Repent and believe. Look again and believe in, in, in the gospel, in the good news, not in whatever you've made up. You're trying to be better. That's not it. Look again. Jesus is not on this soapbox scre- uh, screaming, right? He's not saying everybody better change. They better turn. They better, you better, you're doing wrong, you idiots. That's not what he is. This is the God who so loved the world. He gave his only son that whoever believes him shall not perish but have everlasting life for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save it through him he is not trying to smash you he's rather calling you out to say look again look deeper look at the big picture look at me repentance is realization that we can find the fullness of joy in christ it's a response of joy because i want to bring our relationship closer god It's not me cleaning myself up by saying a bunch of words, by saying confession. It's me saying, God, I know these things are keeping us apart. And I need to get these things out because I know how much you love me and I love you. And that sort of response is joyful repentance, joyful heart. I know I can't do it, God. And that's why Jesus came, took our place, took our sin, took our sickness, took our punishment to restore us back into this relationship. He says, I'm going to remove everything so that we can be back into where it should have been, right back at the garden where Adam walked hand in hand with God, spoke with God face to face. He said, that is the relationship I've always wanted, and I need you to look again. That is good news, and that's where joy begins. Let's stand. Jesus said in Mark, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, look again, and believe in the good news that we have won the battle. You are no longer slaves. You are free. Look again. With our eyes closed, I just want you to think about that. Does your repentance bring you joy Or is it just something you do to get God off your back? Have we turned repentance into religion? Or is repentance like what it should have been for us to look at God again and say, God, I see I'm so distant from you and I know that my joy, that I'm happiest, I'm most joyful when I'm found in you, God. Not when I get my way, I've gotten my way. But when I'm found in you, God. I don't know where you are today, where you stand with Jesus. 
if you just come because your wife makes you come or because you've been going to church all your life or maybe you've been looking to become a better person or maybe you're just checking things out. But today I want you to look again. There is more. Then look again even after that. I know you know, and you're going to say it, I know, I already know, John, I know. But I want you to even look again. He's better than you can ever imagine. Look again. I don't want you to miss it. The joy in repentance, the joy in following Jesus, the joy in your salvation. Some of us, we've been going to church for years, but joy does not define your life. Maybe today, it's time for repentance. Look again. Some of us, we've been looking at Christian things for years and you've been turned off. Maybe today, it's time for you too to look again, to look at Jesus. And lastly, some of us, we knew God in a deeper way in the past. And then, man, we got caught up, we got busy, we got self-centered. We went with the flow. And if that's you, maybe it's time for you to look again. At Hill City Church, we don't believe in magic prayers or anything like that. We believe when God shows us something in our life, we repent out of obedience get closer to God and that we know that even in those moments of vulnerability God when we face what we're actually going through it brings us to joy in you because you have won the battle we are no longer slaves we are free be with us today as we leave today and meet up at five o'clock for groups God I pray we push ourselves to go there Lord we know we need it let's not make another excuse Because we can all make excuses, God. Let us jump in, God, trusting that you know best for our lives, Lord God. Thank you for what you have done today. The testimonies that we got to hear with those two families as they looked again. And God, you brought such joy into their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Meet some people. Man, we love you. And see you later on today. See you later on today. God bless you guys.